Hi, welcome to Calvary HSM. We exist to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Amen. 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 Ooh, sing it, Pastor Aaron. I can't. Uh, except for the fact that you just did. Amen. Whoa. Amen. Amen. Bring it together, Drew. Hey, if you all think that Aaron should sing more often, sit in your seat. See, they all think you should sing more often. And when he moves. Just kidding. Okay, wait. Before before we get down to business, I have an important question, and we'll determine it with a raise of the hand. Oh, gosh. Are you ready? It's about the Christmas season. Is it it too soon? Do we have to wait until after Thanksgiving, or is it time? So if you think Christmas should begin to be celebrated after Thanksgiving, hand in the air. Anyone? Okay, 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 hands back down. And if you think it's a green light, it can happen now, hands in the air. Okay, pretty even, pretty even. Do you know, I just heard uh, someone told me that uh, Thanksgiving is a day, but Christmas is a season. Oh, I liked that. Dang. Isn't that nice? Doesn't that feel I cozy? Think, I think you actually feel Christmas in your heart. I do. I feel it in my heart. I feel it right now. It's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Wow. So you love Christmas music, Aaron? I do not love Christmas music. You're learning to love Christmas music. I do not love Christmas music. He's learning to love Christmas music. If you have a great Christmas song that Aaron should enjoy, feel free to send it to him. Feel free to send it to my email at drew.walton. At I'll take it. I love Christmas music. Anywho, guys. Or we're on my Instagram at Drew West. <laughs> Weird how that works. Uh, anyways, we are delighted to be here with you guys this evening. Uh, this is a little bit of a different setup than normal uh, in that we get to do a team teach tonight. Up top. Wow. Um, awesome. So... Uh, as you know, we've been in this eight-week series. I shouldn't say as you know. Maybe tonight's your first night with us. And if it is, we're really thrilled that you're here. Yeah. So to catch you up to speed, yeah. to orient you to things happening here, for the last eight weeks, we've been in a series called Calvary Next. That's right. Um, and it's been a church-wide series. So that means that any demographic you walked into a gathering of in Calvary, uh, any age group, that we've all been going over the same thing for the last eight weeks, that we've aligned, that we want to be focused together in the same direction on this series called Calvary Next. And the question of this series is, where is God leading us as a church um, for the next eight Eight years? years? Really, we're looking at like in 2030, what kind of people do we feel God's calling us to be? And where, where do we feel God's leading our church to be? And that's what we've been looking at for the last eight weeks, and tonight we have the opportunity and the privilege to kind of land the plane on this series, um, and not that it won't be something we talk about moving forward, because we got eight years of journeying together ahead of us, which is super exciting, right. um, but tonight we finish that series, and so, well, we'll check it out, um, before, before we jump we into, in. uh, we jump into our teaching this evening, I want to recognize across the room that we are in a context where we are worshiping Jesus. We're talking about who he is openly and freely. Um, like some of you even have the opportunity to ignore him and have no, like, just open rebellion, whatever. Like, they don't care. But this is the thing. Like, you have an opportunity to do so in the context of freedom. And uh, there are people who fought for our freedom, uh, who lived for that. And next Friday is actually Veterans Day. And we get to celebrate those who actually fought physically, put their lives on the line. Some even passed away doing so. So what we want to do now is just honor those who have done so um, just by praying and acknowledging that. So you guys, would you join me in prayer? Is it okay? 
Cobb. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for um, just the many um, men and women who gave their lives fighting, Lord God, through different wars, Lord God, and uh, just gave their lives, Lord God, for us to have freedom to worship you, to trust you, to obey you, Lord God, in our context, Lord. Uh, we're thankful for that, Lord, and we ask that you bless those families and even those in the room who've had uh, those loved ones who've passed away or those who are living uh, today. Uh, who gave their lives for us, Lord God. So we speak a blessing upon them. Uh, we ask that you uh, help us remember that uh, this freedom we, we have was fought for, and let us live, Lord God, and to honor those who did so as well. So uh, we bless you. Just me pray. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, today we're in Acts chapter 14, right? Acts chapter 14. So if you have so, your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 14, where we're going to be jumping into our text today. And this um, is true. So, yeah, like Aaron said, if you have your Bible, you, the Bible exists in many forms in the year 2022, soon to be 2023. So uh, you can open up your Bible app. If, you, if you're like, I'm not a church person, I've never Bibled before, um, you can download the Bible app. It's totally free. The whole Bible is at your disposal, including uh, reading plans, totally free. Um, or you could just hop on Google and type in the book of Acts and it will lead you there. Or you could use, um, that's digital, you could go analog and use paper. What a novelty. You do it all. Um, and if you don't have a Bible, if no one's ever given you one, you've never had access to one, and you want a paper Bible, we have paper Bibles to give to you, our gift, totally free, um, in the back. And so uh, go and grab one on your way out or talk to one of us leaders. We even have one final, we have one left that is a Spanish Bible. And so if you're a native Spanish speaker and you prefer to read in Spanish, Awesome, we got a Bible for you. Amen. Um, but like Aaron said, we're in Acts chapter 14 tonight. We've been journeying through the book of Acts together, looking at uh, the story of the early church. And so if you're not as familiar with the word of God, with scripture, um, we're in the New Testament. Obviously, we're here because of Jesus. That's why we're a church. Uh, and so Jesus is God in the flesh, fully man, fully God. It's a divine, profound mystery to understand how that all works. But Jesus is who he says he is. He claims to be God. We believe that he is, that he came and he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he died a sinner's death that he did not deserve um, for us so that we could be made free from our past, that your record um, is clean because of Jesus and that he rose from the dead um, to new life and that he promises the same to those who put their hope and trust in him. That's the gospel in a nutshell. That's what we are here doing and believing and celebrating and trying to live out. And so um, you have the beginning of the New Testament. All of that happens. Um, and then you have this first collection of believers that we call the early church, right? Like church is not this building that we're in. Um, church is not just like the staff of Calvary. Community. Like your church is not me and Aaron, we're part of your church. But actually the biblical definition of church is that the church is the group of people who are together following Jesus. So right. you, our church, that's pretty cool, that's right? right? Like when you say, I'm going to church, what you say is, I'm going to meet up with the other believers who are in my community. Right. You're right. at church right now because this room is with all of these people. And so Acts is the story of the early church, and we've been journeying through and looking at it, um, looking at kind of how God moved them at the beginning of this whole movement um, and what we can learn from it as we, as Calvary Community Church, are moving towards 2030. And so we've been looking a lot at this man, Paul. Uh, Aaron, would you give us just like the quickest rundown of like, who is Paul? If, if Paul. someone's walked in and they're like, I, I know a person named Paul, but surely that's not who you're talking about. Yeah. Who's Paul? Yeah, so Paul, uh, Paul's a gangster, y'all. All right, you guys ready? 
that's how I define Paul. Like Paul's a, a literal gangster. gangster. Literal gangster. Wow. Um, he was a guy who actually was killing Christians, right? Not a um, fan of Christians. Not a fan Very of Christians. Very anti-Christian. Killing Christians. Um, and then he got stopped by Jesus, and then his life turned around 180 degrees, and now he uh, lived the rest of his life living love like Jesus, making disciples. Most of the New Testament is written by Paul the Apostle. And so that's who Paul is. And so he's writing, um, uh, we're hearing about Paul's life in the book of Acts, written by a guy called Luke. But yeah. Which also is actually, just like as an aside, is super encouraging, right? That yeah. like most of the New Testament was written by a guy who was like the least likely candidate. Right. To be like a Christian person, one hundred percent gives me confidence. Super encouraging, yeah, right? Yeah. That there's not like a profile. Like you might think, like, oh, that person is like pretty close to being a Christian, or like that person would never be a Christian. But God loves to prove us wrong when we write people off, and Paul is a great example of That's that. Awesome. Um, okay, so we're in Acts chapter fourteen. Paul and uh, various collections of people have been journeying around from town to town, trying to tell people this life-changing news of Jesus. And you can imagine some towns they go to, and people are receive it joyfully. They're like, oh my gosh, this makes perfect sense that they receive it with open hearts and they celebrate. Other places they go, not fans of this. Like, I, like we said, Paul was a guy who was not a fan of the gospel until he met Jesus. And so you can imagine there were tons of people who felt the same way. People who would run them out of town. People who would try to kill them. Right. Um, and so they've been going from town to town and jumping in on this part of Acts chapter 14, what you need to know is that they had just come from a town filled with people that did not like what they were hearing from Paul. And his, he's with his buddy Barnabas at this time. Great name. So Paul and Barnabas had been in this place where it became very clear, we're not being received too well. So we'll move on to the next town and see if there's anybody who wants to hear and receive this good news of Jesus. So they moved to the next town. Um, and there are, there, people are just like joyful and celebrating. But what happens is a group of people from the town they just came from follow them to this town and start stirring people up right. and, and basically getting the crowds against them. And that's where we jump in tonight. In Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 19, it says this. It says, then some Jews came from Antioch, which is where they had just come from and Iconium, and won the crowd over. So there's all these people. Some people are hearing and believing. Some people are like, I'm not sure. And so all these people from Antioch and Iconium come, and they start talking loudly, and they win the crowd over. The crowd starts listening to them. And so here's what it says happens. So they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. Um, stoning is basically, I mean, it's well titled. You can probably kind of guess uh, what stoning means, but not stoning like with weed. Yeah, they weren't like this is going to be wild, Paul. Guys might be like, this is the Bible, Pastor Aaron. <laughs> what is this? No, like stoning with actual stones. With stones. Yeah. So basically, what yeah. they would do is there's kind of like two ways that stoning happened. They would take you and they'd be like, you stand over there, and everybody like basically it would be like you stand over there, and everybody else get a rock. Um, and when we say go, you throw your rocks at the person until they're not alive anymore. Right. Stone them to death. Right. Or the other thing is sometimes they would stack rocks on top of you until the weight of it literally just like collapsed your lungs and crushed you to death. Right. Not a pleasant way to go. No. Not pleasant at all. If you ever like smacked your head really hard on something or like, oof, just imagine that over and over again until it's lights out. So they stone him so badly to the point that they think he's dead. And they drag what they think is his corpse outside the city gates and basically like, you know that scene in the movie where they like throw the guy out of the restaurant? Right? And they're like, and stay out. They basically take his dead body. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You've seen movies. Um, <laughs> so they literally drag what they think is his dead body outside the gates of the city and leave it there and go back in. But he wasn't dead. 
So it says this. It says, they stoned him, dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. Now, first of all, that's kind of, that's wild to me. Because I don't know about you, Aaron, I don't know about you guys, but if somebody, like, tried to kill me um, and then basically let me escape without knowing it, I'm getting up and going somewhere else, right? right? I'm on the run at that point. Or, or maybe I'm just, like, trying to go get, like, a spa weekend to, like, recover or whatever. Get a right? Like, go lay on a beach somewhere. You know. But Paul gets up and he goes back into the city. So here's what, here's what the, the question that raises is this. So we're, walk, we're walking through this story, and we're also looking at, like, okay, what does it look like for us to kind of mirror our church direction after the early church? And so here's the question, Aaron. How do we get back up after we've been knocked down? So obviously, in this story, there's like a literal, like, they, they tried to beat him to death, and he got back up and went in, which is pretty hardcore. Um, but for us, I, uh, first of all, I hope nobody's ever tried to, like, stone us or kill us. I, I don't presume that you've never been in a life-threatening situation, but I hope not. Um, but I think we all can relate to feeling just beaten down by circumstances, by life, right? Like maybe yeah. you experienced a betrayal or maybe um, you got a diagnosis or maybe somebody dropped some just like life-changing news on you or whatever. Maybe you're going yeah. through something right now and you just feel like beaten to a pulp. So the question is, how do we as followers of Jesus get back up when we've been knocked down by life? What would yeah. you say to that, Aaron? That's a great question. I think all of us in this room can relate to opportunities or moments where we have have we've been knocked down by situations or uh, let's say your own sin because sometimes in this case it was persecution where people are making fun of you or uh, they don't want to hang out with you or your family is in disarray and so thanksgiving is coming up and you're actually dreading this opportunity to meet and connect with family and so how do you get up you know from a moment where you've actually fallen or maybe you're struggling with something. Uh, a key thing in that verse, it says that there were disciples who came over with him. Now, in some texts, they actually presume that, Jesus, that uh, Paul actually died, okay? So some texts say that Paul died. Some say that he looked like he was dead, right? But the fact is that he, there were people who were around him who actually noticed and took time to follow up with him. And so we always say here that life change happens in relationship. We Amen. believe that uh, life change happens in a context where people are aware of who you are, where you are, why you are, who are for you, and also sometimes for what you're for as well. And so imagine a space where people don't even notice that you're missing in a room or whatever. That doesn't happen in the context where you're in a small group because people know you and are aware of your life. And so I think a big picture of that is that the fact that these disciples were aware of him, following him, and were there to, in some cases, they say they lay hands on him and he got back up, you know, and then encouraged him. He goes back in. And I, I don't imagine that he went back in running or sprinting. Of course, it says that he, in some texts, that he died. But in other texts, it says that he almost looked like he was dead. So he's not walking back perfectly, but he is indeed going back to the people who persecuted him, to the people who hurt him, and has made a decision in his mind, in his heart, to go and love those people well. And those are the kind of people that God has called us to be from this text, that from Paul's example, and I'm not saying you're a Paul, but we can take an example from Paul, that when we do fall down, we can look to our community, uh, people in our small group, or even leaders in this room, 
who can spend time to encourage us, pour life into us, and then go back into the, the broken world that God has called us to, to minister in love. Amen. It's so true. I just think about, like, how many of you guys, and you can raise your hand or just, like, sit and ponder however you want to do it, but, like, how many of you have been in a situation where you felt, like, beaten down by life, by circumstances, or maybe by your own dumb choices? I've been there. Um, and, like, someone or a group of people have come alongside you and, like, loved you well through that? Like, have you ever experienced that? Didn't it, like, bring life back to you? Like, I've experienced that, right? Like, there's something to feeling, like, beaten and bruised and kind of alone or isolated, whether in, like, an isolation of my own doing or just, like, feeling like I'm off alone. And when people come alongside you and when you let people come alongside you or invite people to come alongside you, because sometimes people don't know that you're going through it until you tell someone. Right. And that can be scary. Right. Um, But when you actually do that and you get to experience people coming around you and loving you well... It brings life back to you. That's true. Amen. That's true. I think also Paul, you see Paul has, let's, let's call it grit, but I want to say he, he made a decision to go back. Yeah. Like it's one thing to be like, oh, this guy, Jesus, we say love, live in love like Jesus. But then to make a commitment, not just flirt with the idea of like, oh, Jesus said love my enemies. Jesus said do this. Like you flirt with the idea of what it means to be a Christian. But then to live a committed life is a whole other thing. And so Paul makes his conscious decision. Yes, I'm almost, I was beaten to an inch of my life from death or I was actually dead and people laid hands on me and came back to life. Or I was struggling in your case or something has happened. But you make a conscious decision, and we've talked about this before, about the Christian life and growing has to do with humble obedience to hear the word of God and follow what it says and to make a decision to go back and to love people well. I think that comes from uh, a boldness and a faith that comes from knowing Jesus. I think yeah. I would not have the, the boldness to do what I'm doing with my background. Some of you guys have heard that before about my background growing up uh, where I lived the life of like sleeping with prostitutes, like doing all the most random, like crazy stuff. And you look at me now and you're like, that's our youth pastor? Like that's the <laughs> guy? Like what? You're here? But that's, that's my story, that God used uh, my brokenness to shape, re- make me new. Mm. See, see, I'd fallen back down. I'd made mistakes. And yet God redeemed me. And that's the story of the gospel is that God can redeem his people and bring them to a life of newness. Yeah. And nobody's disqualified from the love of God. Like everybody is who the gospel's for. Everyone. And so don't think that you get to be judged during an executioner on who gets to receive God. He'll, he'll do it. Like he'll he won't surprise throw you. Rocks, people throw donuts. Yeah. What? Just kidding. I love donuts. Anywho, moving forward. uh, In verse 20, it says this. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derbe. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Now, there's two parts of this scripture that we want to zero in on. The first one uh, comes at the very end. It says the next day they, they went for Derby, and it says they preached the gospel. So they told the full good news of Jesus in that city. And it says they won a large number of disciples, right? It doesn't say they won a large number of fans uh, or that um, they preached really well and people liked them. Uh, it doesn't say uh, that they won a large number of people who like intellectually agreed. It says disciples. And there's a difference between someone who's just kind of like uh, like an on the surface, like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, or I like that, yeah. and a disciple. Because a disciple is someone who, who, for the rest of their life, will go deeper with Jesus, right? It's about like a deepening. It's about that relationship mm-hmm. of being transformed and renewed, um, yeah. of going deeper. And so here, here's the first question. Yeah. Um, what is it uh, for us, Calvary Community Church, 
which is the people in this room. What's God calling us to do to make Calvary deeper in the next 1,000 days? You're going to hear this um, kind of time frame a lot going forward. It's the next 1,000 days. Right. Right? And uh, I'm not great at quick math. Maybe one of you is a savant and has figured it out already, but I had to use my calculator. 1,000 days divided by 365 uh, is, I think, like 2.7 years. So we'll round up three years. So kind of for the next three years of this eight-year journey. what is it that we think God's calling us to do? Who is he calling us to be, to go deeper, to be disciples? It's awesome. I think, uh, so the Bible calls us to maturity, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're asking, what does the Bible call Christians to? The Bible calls Christians to maturity. It talks about going from milk to meat. He calls us to go from glory to glory, from like every single thing goes and there's a progression. You're not meant to just be saved and that's it. You're meant to grow in your faith with God. And so what God has called us to do in this, this next 1,000 days is to hear his word and to obey it, like we talked about, where uh, for many of us that may look like as a next step for you in that process is adopting a, a, a Bible reading plan or a Bible reading rhythm. Uh, Pastor Brian a few weeks ago talked and preached about, uh, uh, like we have here on the side of our wall, God's people delighting in God's word. Amen. And so he introduced a 90-day Bible reading plan, which some of you guys picked up and took seriously and have been reading the word of God. And I'm sure and can count on it that your life has been changing. And really, honestly, it's a, it's a part where we don't just hear the word of God, but we do it. James talks about how we are to have faith that is alive, because faith without works is actually dead. And we do this by humbly obe- being obedient to his word. So we read his word, we do that regularly. Uh, here's another thing for us in our uh, chase and desire to grow as disciples. See, the word disciple means a disciplined learner. A disciplined learner. It takes a rhythm. It takes you putting some time in. Even to get to know someone, you have to intimately spend time with them. There's no intimate time that you can spend with someone like you can in prayer. Because in prayer, you say all the things you want to say. All the holy words are done. Thou art, they are forevermore. Like it's done, and then you're like, hey, God, is you and me now? What's up? And you just like talk to him about where you are, you can be honest and be real. And our church uh, actually has called us to uh, do this. And we did this, I believe, back in 2018, 2018 or 20, something like that, where uh, for, a thou- for a thousand days, our church... 2012. 2012. 2012. Wow. A long time ago. 10 years oh, wow. ago. 10 years ago, where our church, everyone booked or like signed up to pray for an hour. One so hour out of a week. An hour out of a week. And for us, our church, we're beginning to actually give an opportunity to do the same where beginning January 1st of 2023. Thank you. 2023, you can begin to do so. Now, I'm not saying you guys wake up at 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. Of course, talk to your parents. Uh, you within can, reason, but... Right? Within reason, talk to your parents. But if you said you're going to take like an hour out of your, your week, right? 52 days in a year, right? Bingo. And just take an hour to pray. Imagine how much you can grow. Like, you got to spend more time on your phones intimately learning about Kim Kardashian and what's happening with Kanye and all that. Like, you guys know all the details intimately, for sure. But imagine if you took an hour. Am I lying? Right? Was that a hot take? Too hot? I'm just kidding. True for some, uh, not for others? I no, imagine. true for some. They're like, I don't care about Kim. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, but name your topic. There's something yeah, that everybody whatever knows. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like, some of you guys, like, it's different stuff. Like the new iPhone 14 and whether or not they're going to have a light uh, USB-C charge. 
Okay, never mind. I'm getting like <laughs> so deep topic. in like some like particular things, right? Yeah. Uh, a really hot take. I don't know if they will have a USB-C charging port or not, for, but we'll see. We'll see you heard it here first. All that to say, all that to say, um, if he spends uh, that time intimately with the Lord, then we get to know him and he us. Because the thing is, is, when you pray, it's not just speak to God, it's also listening hmm. to God. And I would encourage you, you guys, if you've not done so, uh, again, in our link tree, there is uh, a way for you guys to sign up for one of those hours. Talk to your parents about that first and figure out, hey, maybe it's going to be between six and seven. I know some people at Newberry Park High School who've started praying on, on Mondays during yeah. the, was it the free period? The yeah, morning, it's like right? a the so-called nutrition, passing period. Right. It's a passing period. They get together, they pray, you know, and they just trust God for that. And so uh, we are people who are going to, bye, bye. bye. see ya, uh, to grow deep with the Lord in uh, the next 1,000 days through prayer, through being with his word and being with his people. Yeah, and on, on the prayer thing, you, you might be the person who's sitting here being like an hour, like once a week, yeah, but like still an hour of prayer, that sounds daunting, maybe it's not for me, and I just want to like encourage you, like maybe that's exactly the reason you should consider this as your next step, like wouldn't it be amazing if in 2030 you could look back and say 2023 was the year I learned how to pray? And I just stepped into that. I jumped in the deep end. I didn't know what, to, what I was doing. I didn't know how God was going to meet me there. But that's where God taught me how to pray. Like, I just want to encourage you, like, maybe that's your next step. Awesome. So uh, we looked at uh, what does it look like to go deeper, right? It says that they want a large number of disciples. Uh, but the next question is, it, it does say uh, it, they want a large number of disciples. So it wasn't just like, we're just looking for the few who really get it, the few who are super deep. It says that they not, not only went deep, but they went wide as well. Like they took the message, the good news of Jesus to everybody to see right. what God wanted to do. And so then the, the next logical question is not just what is God calling us to do as Calvary to go deeper in the next thousand days, but what's God calling uh, us to do to make Calvary wider? in the next thousand days? What does it look like for us moving forward to try to reach, to try to bring the life-saving news of Jesus to more people? Right, it's a great question. I think um, coming, uh, let's say, coming from a smaller church, this is my context, and coming to uh, our church here, there's a significantly bigger or larger num number of people. Now, we're not about numbers just for the sake of numbers. And actually, uh, Drew dropped a bar a little earlier this morning about numbers. Do you mind just saying that real quick? Sure. I can't yeah. claim this. This isn't mine. I heard it somewhere. Okay, go for it. Uh, but yeah. it's true. Um, here's the thing about numbers um, is that I, I think sometimes, especially in church world, we can get kind of weird and be like, oh, yeah. we don't want to be about numbers. But here's the reality. You're not a number. Right? Like, I think sometimes we can go through life and feel like just an anonymous face in the crowd, but here's what you need to know, and, and remember this, truly, is that every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. Right? right? Let me say that again. Every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And so you're not an anonymous, faceless number in the crowd, right. and neither is anybody else. And so when we talk about going wider, it's not because we want to have like more impressive statistics about what's happening on Sunday. It's because those people are precious to God. Like when you bring a friend, or maybe you're the friend, and it's your first night here, and you're like, what's going on? Um, someone invited you not because you're a number, 
They invited you because they care about you and you're precious to them and you're precious to us. And most importantly, you're precious to God. Yeah. And so when we talk about going wider, it's not just so we can like pat ourselves on the back, like yeah. good job us. It's yeah. because everybody is precious to God. That's right. And practically, you want to invite people into the life of God. If you guys have read Acts chapter 2, we see that Peter, Peter who denied Jesus three times. I talk about guys who give you encouragement in like in life. I look at Peter, I'm like, dude. You, you done messed up. Like, you denied Jesus three times, and then, like, it was confirmed. And everyone knows, and yet God restored him. And this same Peter preaches the gospel on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people plus get saved. The Bible says they were added daily to their number. So it's an amazing thing that the, immediately the gospel was preached, and then 3,000 people got saved, which is a large, like, in, instantly, that's a mega church, And yet they have small groups and connect, which is why for us, like we said, it's not about numbers. It's about the individual relationships. Every person in this room matters. That's why we stress and always encourage and talk about small groups. Which is why small group registration does not close. It doesn't close. It remains open. And we want you guys to join a group and to be real in that group and to grow in that space. And so beyond that, that means you have an opportunity to invite people into the life of God with you. We invite people into things that we take to be important. For example, if the new... Uh, God of War game is coming up. Guys, what? People be like, let's go. Come to my house. Let's like, let's sit down. Let's play. Let's download it. Let's do all the things. If it's a restaurant, the guys, you, may, you guys might drive out for the foodies in the house. And you're going to go all the way down to L.A. for Roscoe's Waffle. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, there you go. Not, no. Roscoe's Waffle and Chick. Like, you just like drive all the way down there. You drive miles to go to things that matter to you. And so we want to invite people into the things that matter to us. And that means the life of Jesus in the body here. Yeah. And just to like make it like real practical and clear, if you've ever wondered, like, why does HSM do things like Friday night lights? That's literally so that you can invite your friends into a space they would never normally come to. Right. Uh, so they can come and see and decide for themselves. Maybe I want to check out Sunday. Maybe I want to join you at your small group. All of that, like we roll out the welcome mat. Things like the Christmas Blitz coming up. It's going to be a blast. It's also going to be a perfect thing for you to invite a friend to. That's right. That's why we do what we do. And church-wide, we, have, we do the 4th of July. It, we have the best view of fireworks in Westlake Village here at Calvary Community Church at our front lawn. And we open it up to the community so that people can come and see and meet the community and, and understand people. Come freely. Go freely. That's We're not good. trying to trick anybody but we're trying to make a welcoming environment it's awesome and this and at the same time it's not just about inviting people to come to us it's about us going to them we do things like missions we just had our first mission trip meeting uh today for both of our teams for uganda yeah. and dr that's about going to people and taking them the good news right. that's something you guys do on your campus i've heard from you guys where i'll be like I'm coming to campus to join one of your FCAs today. I'll text one of you like, hey, are you coming to FCA? Oh, I'm not coming today because I'm going to go have lunch with somebody I met who's going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's what we're talking about where we talk about being salt and light, being like Jesus, living and loving like him. That's right. um, so there are a lot of ways that we can not only go deeper, but also go wider. So mm -hmm. moving forward, it says this in verse 21. It says, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. So they went back to the people who were persecuting them. And it says they strengthened the disciples, the ones who were there, and encouraged them to remain true to the faith. And so here's the next question. How can each of us help to strengthen and encourage the disciples or the other believers, each other or other people who are, um, consider themselves Christians? How can we strengthen and encourage each other here at Calvary in the next thousand days? What are some of the things we can do? How can we build each other up? 
Yeah, I think there's a, a sense where we not just call people in to our community, right? But now that they've been a part of it or are growing in a part of it, what we do is we call them up. We're calling each other higher. And so that may look like saying, hey, like in this room, there may be people who came in for the first time. Um, I would hope that someone uh, walked up to you and said, hey, my name is Connor. My name is Christian. My name is Joey. My name is, sorry, Samantha. I'll just, I'll, you know, Gina. Why'd like, you apologize to Samantha? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a thing. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is that you, people who made an effort to reach out to those around us. And so uh, what we do next really is, is make an opportunity or take the opportunity to seek people out and to bring them into our lives. And mm. again, we've talked about small groups and I'll beat this drum till the day I die that life change Amen. happens in relationship. And so we it's invite on the wall people, back there. right? We invite people into these spaces. We spend time uh, with them. And then also, uh, you know, you have an opportunity to also serve. One of the things that happens when you serve one another, right? They're serving one another and they're serving with one another. So serving one another is super special. When I say, hey, I see you're down. Can I pray for you? You're not serving one another. That's different. That's special because you noticed who I am. You saw me. You noticed my disposition and you said something's up and you care about me enough to say, hey, can I hang with you? Can I stop and pray with you? Or, hey, what's wrong? Like, what's going on with you? Like, making those, making those moments tangible is huge, right? Because you're taking notice of people. You're seeing people for where they are. So that's serving one another. Then serving with one another. Mm -hmm. uh, some of us are going to go to uh, Uganda or the Dominican Republic. <laughs> like, I kid you not, going on trips like that, where you are, like, really, it's just you and your brother and your sister. Like, that's it. That's it. You're the people who are going together as a unit, as a family. Like, I, and I think about this in the sense that when you get saved, when you give your life to the Lord, you should be given like a, a crash helmet because you're going to war, right? These are your brothers and sisters. And we just talked about Veterans Day and really uh, prayed and honored those who have fought for us. But people who have served in a war together are a unit. They respect each other deeply. They love each other deeply. And that's what happens when we serve alongside one another and i believe there's ways to that we have here at our church and we can talk that, about that more as we yeah go. I, was, I was gonna say moving forward so they go to encourage the believers it says they strengthen and encourage them and here's what they say to them they encourage them they say we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of god like the the, the notion isn't that like life becomes magically easy and you've got like the cheat codes to everything once you're in christ like life is still life it has its highs and it has its loads lows but they say we have to go through hardships together it's actually like God uses it. He purposes them for us. And so here's the question. If somebody here now, or maybe like someone in our life that we know, if someone's suffering right now, if they're going through a hard time, what, what are some next steps that they can take? And so just kind of what are like big picture, like what would you encourage someone to do who's going through a hard time? Like how do you navigate that? And then like what are like actual like practical things, like resources um, that we have here at Calvary for right. people going through a hard right. time? I know earlier we talked about how we can uh, have People in small group noticing us, that's one thing for sure. But two, there's a sense where if someone does not know, now that, in most cases, many of you guys are struggling with things and working through things or feeling depressed or feeling pain. Honestly, like, it takes humility, right? It takes humility to say, hey, I need help and reaching out to people and to make yourself available or make yourself vulnerable to people who are willing to help you. And those people in this room are our leaders. There's people in small groups, like I said before. Uh, actually, practically here we have what's called a minister on call line, phone line, which basically you can call the church at any time 
24 hours a day, every day of the year, and someone will get back to you, whether it's at 3 a.m., uh, maybe they're asleep or whatever, but they will, if you leave a voicemail, they will get back to you and talk with you. And what this is, is basically triage. There are people who stand in the gap uh, spiritually, pray with you, talk with you, counsel you. We have resources here at a church that will help walk through next steps for you in that, in that regard. But uh, really, if you are working through something, the Bible has called us to use the gift of our community. And in our church, it's, it's unique. Not many places have that as an opportunity to jump into a conversation with someone and them actually be attentive and care, like, like really care and follow up with you on that. Like take that opportunity, use it, and allow it to be a blessing to you in your world. What would you, what would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to continue on the MOC, Minister on Call thing for a second because I like w- – w- we should talk more about it. It's this amazing thing that we have. And I like, uh, how many of you knew that we had an MOC thing? Probably not. Okay, cool. Some of you, cool. Um, so let, let me just get like super practical for you. If you or someone you know ever needs um, to utilize or just wants to utilize MOC, it's the simplest thing ever. You just call the main line of Calvary. You can just Google it, Calvary Community Church phone number, and call and ask to talk to an MOC. If it's after hours, like, and the building's closed and no one's here, the automation will, like, lead you through, and then you can leave voicemail. It will go directly to the person who's MOC for that day, um, alert them, and they will call you back. And so when Aaron says 3 a.m., we're not joking. I've been an MOC in the past, and sometimes you get a call at 3 a.m., and you know what? We're on that list because we want to be on that list. It's a joyful thing to to get up and call you back. Um, and we help people with everything from like, I have no gas money to get to my job interview. Can you help? Um, and either we can, or we can point you in the right direction to help. It could be like, I'm going through a crisis. I'm thinking about harming myself. Like we're, we're not the, uh, I, I put it this way. An MOC is like an EMT, right? First on the scene, take care of you in the moment, and then help you take your next step to get to where you need to get. So maybe for you, it's like, you know what? My next step, I think, is I want to start getting into counseling. I've never done that, and maybe that's my next step. Or maybe my next step is I need to... I don't know, whatever the resource is. Um, No problem is too big or too small. So if you're ever, you or a friend or a family member is ever going through something and they just need someone to help point them in the right direction or speak an encouraging word, pray with them, um, call the MOC. Yeah, and some people just call just to talk. Yeah, we have people call every day. Same just, thing. Just to talk. They just want to talk. I've been in a call where someone's, um, someone's cat died. So this, this is what happened. This guy's... Mom had passed away. He went up, you know, up north for a while. Um, his mom passed away. He came back to his house here in Westlake Village, and his cat died. And so he had like a lot of things going on, you know, in his life. It's just super sad, you know. But just being able to pray with him, be present for him for things like that. Which I mean, some of you guys be like, I would never call because my cat died. Like, dude, for some people, that's the thing. So what we're trying to say is like, whatever it is, we're here for it. We're here to be there for you. Yeah. And I think like MOC, like utilizing something like that might be your next step. Or maybe your next step is to do something like even a little bit braver. And maybe it's like, I need to open up in my small group. Or maybe it's, I need to join a small group and make myself open up in that small group. Like to invite people around you uh, for support um, is huge. It's a powerful move. Uh, Okay, so moving forward, it says this. So it says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting and committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. So they're kind of now on the program of how do we empower the people around us to lead? Like it's not just like a Paul and Barnabas in the same way that's like, it's not a Drew and Aaron thing. Like we're just not the only 
people who are supposed to be leading these things. Like, how do we empower people to rise up as leaders? And so the question would be, are there opportunities uh, for people to step up and lead over the next thousand days? Like, what would you say to any of the high school students in this room? How do they step up and lead? 100%. Um, so the, the word church is ecclesia. It means the called out ones. You, know, you are the church. We are the church. And I believe, especially in high school ministry, there's no area where we will not give you an opportunity to grow. Let me say that again. There's no area we would not give you an opportunity to grow. I have people who have used my professional camera gear, $1,000 worth of stuff, taken it places, shot stuff, whatever. There's people who uh, are on this worship team. Uh, we, we just met a few, no, not, not like a few days ago, but like we get to know them and you know get to know who they are and whatnot. We disciple you, and you have an opportunity to use your gift to be in the worship team. Like, there's people who've served in the tech booth, doing lights, doing sound. Like Whatever gifting it is, if you have a gift of helps, and your thing is you want to help, one of the blessings that I've really received in... Uh, these past few months, especially through the summer, is the fact that y'all have helped set up and tear down almost every summer night, almost every summer event. Like you guys have been, you guys have been there, right? Friday night lights, even. Friday night lights, cleaning even, up, after right? That. At like 12:30 a.m., you guys are here helping us tear stuff down thank because you. that's the culture. And thank you because that's an opportunity for you guys to serve. Next door on Sundays at our 9 or 11 a.m. service, we have a special abilities ministry where you can go and be a buddy, which means you be a, a, a helper of those. Uh, people or children who have special abilities, or even our elementary classes. Yeah. Some of you guys, uh, I see some people faces in this crowd here who teach at the nine or even eleven a.m. So there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Middle school ministry. Some middle school ministry. ministry. You're leading small groups in middle school ministry, and you're here in, as a high schooler. So like it says in Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, a young man says, "Let no one despise you because of your youth, but like, make an example." to the people in, in purity and how you live and how you love and how you express who Jesus is. And guess what? We allow you, we give space, we create opportunities for you to live and love like Jesus where you are. So uh, there's lots of opportunities to do so. And how do you do that practically? Come up to us and say, hey, Aaron, I want, I want to serve in middle school. What does that look like? I want to serve in elementary. Hey, I, I play the bass. I play the drums. Or I want to learn how to take pictures. I want to learn how to, to run the sound. That's an amazing, like, intense sound system back there. But uh, uh, people like Marco, who we celebrated last week or a week before, actually, would allow people to step back there and learn how to do sound, right? So there's nothing that we're going to hold back from you. We're here to give to you, invest in you, because, again, you are the ecclesia. You are the church. You are the called out ones. And in a few years, what, what, what you want to hear is that you were discipled well and that people gave you space to live and love like Jesus and to grow in your giftings. Amen. All right, so as we're kind of rounding into the last little bit of this, uh, if you're one of the people who's leading in the band, you can start making your way up here uh, to get set up. And here's what we're seeing in verse 24. It says this. After going through, and this is always fun reading all the names. It never gets easier, guys. Uh, after going through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. And when they had preached the word in Perga, they went to Atalia. From Italia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. So they've been on this amazing journey, and they go back to where it all started, where they set out from. And it says, on arriving there, on getting back home, mm -hmm. they gathered the church, the people who had not been on the journey mm -hmm. with them. It says, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So Aaron, as we're kind of landing this plane tonight, uh, what have you seen God doing 
in our church? And particularly, what have you, how, where have you seen God at work in HSM in the last few years? Yeah. And What's it, he been up to? Yeah, I think if I was saying this for the first time, that would make me a horrible, like, pastor. But you guys have heard us say this often, that you guys have a great heart of compassion. We've said that many times. The, the heart to serve others in this, like, high school group is unique. There's no group like it. I am jealous for what God has done here. Um, and we're all like super proud of what God has done in your lives where you people are willing to stay. Like we talked about setting up, tearing down. Like when we had our, uh, what do we have last week or for Halloween? Oh, buddy break. Halloween buddy break. Some of you guys even sign up for that, but the day you came dressed up in service, like so fun. in like onesies and all this <laughs> different stuff to hang out with our, our special abilities, like ministry students, like you came and did that. Like, I'm so proud to see that, like, there's a Christ-like compassion that God has, like, grown inside of you guys. The fact that you're willing to spend $2,500 to go to another country to preach the gospel, like, that's insane. Like, you, there's 10,000 things I could do with $2,500 besides pay rent. Like, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> I could do, right? But you guys are willing to put that on the line, to go cut grass, to ask people for that, to go do all these things because you believe that God is better, that Jesus is better, that the gospel is supreme. And that doesn't happen because I'm doing one thing. It's because, like, really the Holy Spirit is in this place and he changes lives. It's all about Jesus, not about us. It's all about Jesus. So I've seen that happen and it's been a blessing for me to see. What about you, Drew? Yeah, gosh, I've seen him do just amazing things and I agree. I think it's like what I've seen is the heart of compassion, I've seen a heart of service. Um, I've seen you invite your friends, tell your friends about Jesus. I've seen uh, incredible things. And so I think to like summarize, if, if we were gonna like finish this conversation tonight, uh, the, the last part of that scripture says, and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. They stayed with each other. They stayed in community. They kept coming back. Um, if we were to summarize, like what are we about as a church? Who do we wanna be? Uh, by the time it hits the year 2030, what kind of men, what kind of women are we? Uh, what have we been about? There's three statements that we've landed on of the direction that we're going. Of like, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We don't know exactly how we're going to get there. We certainly don't know what's coming our way next. There's, life is full of unpredictables, right? If you've ever been just like swept off your feet by something you didn't see coming. Yeah. Uh, but we know that this is the direction that we're going. There's three statements. Uh, in the next thousand days... We want to be people who love God more, right? Like we don't want, a thousand days from now, we don't want to be people who are more sophisticated at pretending to love God. Right. We don't want to be in the same place that we were in. We don't want to be people who have checked out of our relationship with God or have gone and straight and pursued other things, given our heart right. to other things. We want right. to love God more. Mm -hmm. We're hungry for it. That's right. The next statement is this. We want to love God's family more. That's each other. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus and someone else calls themselves a follower of Jesus, the scriptures say that we're family, that we've been adopted into the family of God, that we are brothers and sisters. And so the goal, the trajectory, is how do we get better at loving each other? How do we love each other well? How do we love each other deeper? Yeah. How do we love each other uh, more fiercely and more committedly? How do we do it more? That's right. the direction we're going. And the final statement is this. How do we love our neighbors more? That's right. So that is the people who are around us, who is, are in the checkout line at the grocery store, who are in your class, who are on your team, who are at your place of work, uh, who are in your 
I don't know, your Dungeons and Dragons crew, whatever it may be, the people around you, but the people who don't know Jesus in your life. Yeah. Not how do we trick them into this Christianity thing. Right. How do we love them more? How do we love them deeper? How do we love them better? How do we not judge them for their past and write them off and say, well, they're probably never going to come around to Jesus. How do we love the people around us more? That's what we're moving towards. That's the direction that we're going. We want to love God more. We want to love our family more. We want to love our neighbors more. We want more of God. And so ultimately what we're about here at Calvary Community Church and in HSM is being people who live and love like Jesus. Aaron, would you close us in prayer and then we'll go to a time of worship. Yeah. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to really focus in who we are as uh, believers, as Christians, the people who are Christ-like, Lord. And uh, we think that we've talked about practical ways, Lord God, what it means to follow that. And I, I know that these words are not empty words. They are our life. They're marching orders uh, from our King, from our Savior. What we ask now, Lord, is that these words have not landed on deaf ears, that you open hearts to hear, Lord, and now you're giving the strength to my brothers and sisters in this room to obey you, Lord God, to have a humble obedience, to make a resolve like Paul did, to go back to these places that you've called us to, to live and love like you, to serve others more, to love God's family, to love others, Lord God, and also ultimately to love you more, Lord. I just speak strength to my brothers and sisters to do just that. And Lord, uh, we thank you. We love you. Let grace be their strength as they do that. And give me a prayer. And everybody say, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really hope it blessed you. You can connect with us on social media at CalvaryHSM805. God bless.